0: Please remember that information and advice provided on this podcast is based off my personal experiences as a young girl with ADHD. Although I do analyse, mention and cite valid peer-reviewed sources, my podcast is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have concerns or questions regarding your own amazing brain and mental health, please talk to a medical provider. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which I speak to my listeners today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. I also pay my respects to their elders past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Lucy pod. I hope that you are all well and are staying safe and getting vaccinated and enjoying life during the holiday season. It's kind of hard to do those things when there's these new variants that keep popping up. It's like having cystic acne. They're like annoying pimples. When one disappears, another one starts to grow at the surface and it gets a little sore and then it becomes insufferable until it becomes this full grown cyst and you have nothing left to do than to burn it. Um, But anyway, I am wishing so much um, love and good wishes to all of the year 12s and high schoolers that have gone through VC and who got their final results. I want to congratulate them as well and tell you that you graduated in really, really difficult circumstances and now you have the opportunity over the holiday break to relax Possibly think about the future and just be very proud that you got to finish and remember that your results are not the be all and end all. We have a thing called Pathways in Australia. So even if your ATAR doesn't let you get into your course immediately, there are ways that you can slowly build up to getting into it. So don't be so hard on yourself. I also want to congratulate the university class of 2021 for surviving and graduating. Yep. You heard it, ladies and gents. I officially got my transcript like on the 8th, I think, of December. So your girl finally graduated from the University of Melbourne with a Bachelor of Arts with a major in French and creative writing. And yes, that's like the first exciting announcement that I was talking about in my last episode. And I also know that it has been a very long time since my last episode, But I've been a very, 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 very busy girl, which brings me to my next incredibly exciting announcement. I have an amazing internship at the Honorary Consulate of France in Melbourne. And so far, it has been amazing. It is for six months. And I'm also working part-time at my usual job. Uh, I can't believe it. If you, and I don't want to be corny and American and like, you know to my own horn but if you were told little undiagnosed ADHD Lucy in primary school that she was going to be graduating getting such an important internship and also working I would have I wouldn't have been able to to understand that it, it it's phenomenal and the other exciting thing is is that I got into the masters that I wanted and not only that I got into all of the masters I applied for which was like eight of them which puts me in a really difficult position because I don't know what to pick. I didn't know or didn't think that I was going to get into all of them and I thought oh this is good I'll be able to sort of narrow down my choices it'll give me a limit to a choice which sounds like a good thing and it is in many ways but it's bad i'd rather be sport for choice so for the next six, six months i'm going to be interning at the honorary consul and then when the second semester of university begins i will hopefully be studying a masters that i've decided on and that i'm happy happy with i don't know what that's going to be but i've got six months to decide So, yeah, there's been many phenomenal and exciting things happening in my life that I'm very, very grateful for. And I can't wait to share my journey with like postgraduate study and when I get like my big girl job. Which actually brings me to today's episode ADHD and the World of Work How to Make Your ADHD Work at Work. Today's episode is going to focus on destroying all the stereotypes that cloud ADHD is in the world of work, you know, as being lazy and productive and useless, and as well as accessibility in the workplace and how ADHD is can bring a lot to the world of work, world of work, the world of work in many ways and in every domain. So here's a little bit of my background. I know that not everyone with ADHD is like me and not everyone with ADHD is able to work, right? You know, therefore, when I say that anyone can do what I do, it's meant in terms of encouragement and to tell those who've been told that they can't do anything that it's not true. I was told that I would never manage to get a job, that I would amount to nothing and that was not the case. So, if you've been told the same thing, I want you to know that that's not true. However, I do acknowledge that not everyone who is ADHD or who is neurodiverse has the ability to work and has the ability to be out in the open as someone neurodiverse at work. That being said, I'm one of the lucky ADHDers who does have the ability to work and has been, it's been the most amazing thing for me. I've been working since the age of 15 in a range of areas. My first ever job was in the hospitality industry and I worked as a waitress for two and a half years. And it was a very difficult job, but it made for really great creative writing material and really great experience. I then went into retail, then tutoring, now babysitting, the now the internship, and I also currently have like an ice cream job at an, an ice cream job. I have a part-time job at an ice cream joint. And I also tutor in uh, languages each week and I babysit on the side. So there's really nothing lazy about that. And it still doesn't make me not any less ADHD. You're either ADHD because you don't have a job but then if you have a job and you do it well it's like well you're not ADHD enough. I am not lazy but I am ADHD and I work but I'm still ADHD like my ADHD doesn't disappear when I go to work and in all of my jobs I was you know very open about my ADHD and I still have to take medication when I go to work and there are moments where I, I find it hard but because the world of work isn't there to coddle me, I've had to learn how to make it work because unlike being at home or high school or uni where you've got all these accommodations, the world of work isn't always like that. And you're not always going to have customers who understand you know, your auditory processing issues, issues how am i talking your auditory processing issues your focus issues and they're not necessarily going to have like management or even a union that understands you because it's not really seen as a visual um issue and it's sort of visual um like disability or sort of I hate the word but like impediment so here are a few facts about ADHDs and work and all of this will be linked in the description an estimated 8 million to 9 million American adults have ADHD and many other people in similar situations struggle on the job. Now you might be wondering why did you use an American statistic? Well because for some reason there's barely any research about ADHD on Australia. The research is very broad like it's very sort of generic in the sense like oh this is how many people have it but they never sort of kind of zoom in and go okay this is how many people have ADHD who are working who aren't working so it was really impossible to find studies and data on ADHDs at work in Australia however I'm happy to stand corrected so if there are any studies or stats that I missed please let me know so I can use them in the future next point there was one national survey that showed that only half of adults with ADHD were able to hold down a full-time job compared to 72% of adults without the disorder. When they were able to secure a job, they tended to earn less than their peers without it. Those jobs tra- job problems translate into nearly $77 billion in lost income each year. One study also showed that people with ADHD often have more trouble with attention, working memory mental processing and verbal fluency and these are called executive function abilities that are really important in the workplace furthermore according to a study in 2019 um, and it was a report by the adhd the australian adhd professionals association and Deloitte. approximately 5,333 australian adults live with adhd and hyperactivity disorder and going on, Dr. Timothy J. Legg said that choosing a career that capitalizes on those strengths, the ADHD strengths, and doesn't depend heavily on areas of weakness may be the key to a professional success with ADHD, that along with successful ADHD treatment. And there are certain jobs that may complement the, stre- the strengths of some adults with ADHD, passion-fueled, high-intensity, ultra-structured, lightning pace, hands-on creative, and independent risk-taker. So this is why you see that there's a lot of writers, singers, songwriters, dancers, and actors that are ADHD. It's not because, oh, they're all psycho, like that stereotype of you have to be crazy to be an actor. It's because in the world of arts, there's room for creativity and it's not so rigid, not crapping on, let's say, generic nine to five jobs, but let's say you had to sit in an office and do a call center or take down statistics. That doesn't have like a passion fuel. It's not necessarily highly intense and it's, not hands-on creative and it doesn't allow you to sort of risk take or create anything. You're following a very rigid set of rules. Whereas if you're a singer, you can make your own songs, make your own hours, your own concepts, when you're an actor, you get to use your body, there's this level of energy. And that's why a lot of ADHDers strive in the creative world. That's why I did an arts degree and I wouldn't be caught dead doing a biomed degree, minus of the fact that I'm terrible in maths and science, but it just it wouldn't be the environment for me because unfortunately the world of work is designed for neurotypicals because neurotypicals are seen as the majority. It's also designed for able-bodied people. Like only now we're starting to go, hey, like maybe it's not a good idea if you're working in a supermarket to be standing all the time. Maybe you should give people computer chairs like Aldi. You know, we're only starting to realize that. So it's only going to take even more time for us to go, hey it's really unreasonable that sometimes we make our co-workers our workers skip their breaks what if their adhd overload is too much and they need to take that break maybe we should start following fair work rules and give them that break like workplaces are not adhd friendly and that isn't the only thing that dissuades adhds i think it's also the negative stereotypes that surround them like if you put it this way ADHD, when you look it up, really lists the positives. In order to do that, you have to type in ADHD strengths. But when you're typing, you know, stuff up about ADHD and you pull up the research, it's quite bleak. It really tells the tale of like, you are going to have this child who's going to not only like be hyper, but they're not going to be useful in society. They're not only going to be hell in high school or in primary school, They're going to do crap at uni. Oh, and if you think they're going to get a job, forget it because they're so disorganized. They're not going to be able to keep up with their schedule. They're not going to be able to work. So it's kind of like ingrained in parents of ADHD children and then ADHD children themselves that like they shouldn't even try. It's that like you're ADHD and you want to get a job? Forget about it. Like you're discouraged and a lot of people could argue, oh, well, like ignore it. But if you're told day by day by people in your life and there's institutions pitted against you, what's the alternative? It makes looking for jobs really hard because you don't know what job to pick. Where would you start? Like, think about it. You've never worked. You've been told you're useless. You've got real issues with sort of following instructions and you struggled in school. Work's going to be hard work's going to be really difficult because your boss isn't going to like write down the work you have to do in your little notebook. You're not going to be able to like have reminders on your phone. You're not going to have your teacher chasing you up. It's, hey, you're working at Maccas and you need to serve the customers. You get a week of training and you better remember everything. And we also have to remember that like workplaces, while it's important that they are accommodating, Some workplaces don't get, you know, paid enough or funded enough to do this and that's like a whole separate issue. But I think that we really need to demystify these bullcrap stereotypes. There are some amazing undercover and open ADHDs in your workplace. I can tell you that anyone who's listening who is in whatever job has one person with ADHD that you don't know about. And I don't want to put a stretch, but I'm pretty sure they're very good at their job because I can safely say that in every job I've undertaken, I've been a good, kind, reliable worker and I do my job well. And my jobs have been hard. One of the jobs that I've had involved a lot of numbers. It involved weighing products, fine motor skills, memorization. Um, you know, addition of fractions, which sounds like the easy thing for you guys, but for us neurodiverse people and ADHDers, it's really difficult. And that's why I'm making this episode to tell ADHDers to stop listening to that nonsense. You are able to work. You just have to find a place of work that is suitable for you. But don't let anyone or anything put you off from working. This isn't to say that you're not going to find working hard. Everyone finds working hard. And I'm sure there's going to be days where work asks too much of you. You're going to come home. You might even be in tears. However, this should never be cause for not looking for work. If you're in a position as an ADHDer to work, do it. Ignore the lies. Like there's just straight up lies. And you know what? The next upcoming podcast I want to do I want to do it on like famous ADHD historical figures because it's nonsense Simone Biles is ADHD and medicated and she's an Olympic gymnast okay and I'm sorry if you were to look at her and say she's lazy and doesn't do anything that's absolutely nonsense she's been training since she was a child she trains all day every day to do what she's able to do and she's amazing Emma Watson is also ADHD. She's phenomenal. She was in one of the most beloved children's movies and series. And you can't tell her that she's lazy, okay? I, I, I'm, the thing I can go on, Justin Timberlake, ADHD. Tell him that he's lazy. He's not in any capacity, okay? It's just nonsense. Look at me. I'm not on any level with Justin Timberlake, Simone Biles, I graduated from uni, I've had jobs, I'm working, I'm interring. Don't call me lazy and don't call me useless. It's just straight up not true. There's not even an argument to be had. So now moving on from stereotypes, let's talk about accessibility. So obviously I'm coming at this as able-bodied person, not talking about accessibility in terms of like if you have a physical disability. This is more like accessibility and tips for people who are ADHD. So the most important thing you need to do first is look at your strengths and look at how they are going to work in a place of work. And this isn't necessarily for a place of work for a big career. This is for people who are just starting out wanting to get part-time jobs, wanting to do internships. Are you someone who prefers working during the day? Are you someone who's a great writer? Are you good at memorizing things? Do you have a special interest? Look at all those things and see what job allows you to do that. That's the first thing. However, Keep in mind that beggars can't be choosers. You can't be too picky about where you work. But it's important to find jobs, even if they're part-time, that suit you. Sure, maybe you don't want to be at Maccas, but if it ticks a bit of the criteria, take it. Unless you're like, I don't know, you have an aversion (laughs) to Maccas. And you know what? You probably should because they treat their workers terribly, but that's a different issue. But an important thing is to recognize your strengths, because you have them, and to see how you can apply them into the world of work. The second thing that you need to do is know your rights. And this goes for anyone. Before you even accept the job, or even before you sign the contract, check to see what your contract is. Because your place of work will give you their own like contract, right? But what they don't tell you is that that contract is not legally binding and what's legally binding is the one on fair work. So let's say you go to work at random Italian pizza place and they give you their contract. That's all and well and you need to read through that and see if those rules and those demands are going to suit you. But then what you need to do is go on Fair Work's, Work's website and look up the restaurant industry award and see what your rights are as a worker to make sure that What's written in their contract isn't absolute nonsense. Are they going to give you the right breaks? Are they giving you the right breaks? Are they allowing you to maybe not do heavy lifting? Are they making you stay back and not paying you? Are they bullying you? Are they speaking to you poorly? Know your rights. The next thing you need to do is decide whether or not you want to disclose your ADHD. In all of the jobs that I've had, I've only ever had to disclose ADHD because I wanted to. All jobs that I've had have only asked one to declare a disability that would impact tasks such as carrying things um, and traveling. And I don't have anything like that. I, I might have scoliosis, but I can pick things up. But a lot of jobs don't ask this of you. They won't ask if you're ADHD or not. And you need to think about if that's going to be worthwhile. I've never had to tell my employers that I'm ADHD in like a formal setting. I've like casually mentioned it because I don't need accommodations at my place of work. However, there may be some of you whose ADHD impacts you differently. And this is a tough one because you don't know how your place of work is going to react. But if you feel that there are certain things that you're going to ask be asked to do or that you're being asked to do and that you need extra support with because you're ADHD, you need to be honest with your employer about this. And that's a big thing. It's sometimes it's not worth it. It's not safe. Sometimes coming clean about being ADHD, coming clean, admitting that you're ADHD to your employer can have consequences. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Some people that I know who are ADHD moved on from their jobs because they came out about being ADHD and their employees didn't want that. So you really need to consider if you feel comfortable, if need be, to talk to your employer about your ADHD. If it's, no, this job, I can do it regardless of the ADHD, then that's fine, you don't need to disclose. But if you know that there are going to be things that present themselves that are going to be tough for you, make sure that you feel that you can talk to your employer. Now, if your employer has an adverse reaction, there's a lot of things you can do. The first thing you can do is just take it. Maybe you really need this job and your employer going off at you isn't good enough reason for you to leave. Maybe you're in a position where you need to work. So there's that option. The second one that you can do is quit on the spot and tell them to go to hell. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend this one either. You don't want to burn bridges. But the third option that you can have is seek support. Now, there are many ways that you can seek support if you're being treated unfairly because of your ADHD in work. A lot of universities, such as the University of Melbourne, offer free legal advice and support and services. So if you contact, let's say, University of Melbourne's legal advocacy team, they will be able to help you uh, on workplace bullying and harassment due to your ADHD. They can act as your supporter and they can direct you as to what to do. If that's not an option for you, then there's fair work. And uh, take a shot every time I say fair work. We need to talk about fair work a lot more. Not enough people know about it and not enough people use it to their advantage. What people don't realize is the minute the word fair work is said to your employers, they get stressed. No employer wants to have to deal with fair work. They're a hassle. So if you have fair work on your side and you implement tools that they give you and their support, I'm not saying that it's a perfect solution, but it can definitely help ease your, you know, your feelings of being unsafe and mistreated because there is nothing worse than going into your place of work and feeling stressed, anxious and judged about, you know, your performance, how you're going to do or feel like you're being left all alone. So please go onto the Fair Work website, go into the workplace problems, go into the workplace problems and have a look at what they offer there's so many options available this isn't even for necessarily neurodiverse people even for just generic like teenagers who are getting exploited at McDonald's go to fair work it's not right to be working you know 38 hours a week on like crappy pay and not getting any overtime it's not normal so please please contact fair work take another shot okay um And the next point that I wanted to make is that despite all of the negatives I'm talking about here about how, you know, people do face injustices at work, I also want to talk about how amazing ADHDers are in the place of work and how having someone ADHD in the world of work is so beneficial and it opens so many doors. People with ADHD are natural producers in the sense that we have this ability to give so much creative output. We are the type of people that you want. Like, hey, I need a film pitch. I need a scene written. I need you to find all the best restaurants for my me and my um, husband to go to. Oh, I need you to write an article on this one thing. I need you to think of it. And we will deliver. We are creative and we dro- we're we driven on producing we like to give give a give like the the lucy pot is proof of that this is me just creating and outputting and i'm good at it and i love love doing it we're also very spontaneous even when not asked we're able to think of things and do things and we take spontaneous tasks with gusto like hey we want you to prepare a speech or we want you to memorize this song in for a month and then perform it or hey, here's a fun tune, see if you can add lyrics to it. And we are there and we are able to do it. And this isn't to say that like, if you're not ADHD, you can't do things. But if you're ADHD, you can do these on such a great level. And you can capitalize off of it and you can use it to your advantage. We've also got a lot of energy. To be fair, it does burn out. But unlike a lot of people, yeah, we experience writer's block and maybe this is just me talking, but we're able to sort of cope with roadblocks and sort of energy delays. Even if like the mood is down, we're there to keep it up. We like the stamina. We like the fast paced work. We're not there to like sit around and do nothing and wait. And I think that those are such valuable assets that employers don't value enough, you know, people always bag the waitress who's too chatty but she's the one who's so chatty with the tables that they love her and they give her tips and they keep coming back for her oh you think so and so so annoying in your meetings because she's constantly like pitching ideas and oh she's interrupting but her ideas are actually really amazing good and maybe you should listen to them instead of listening to bob who stole her ideas you know like We go on about the negatives of ADHD, but then we don't hear ourselves and go, but hang on, that's actually a positive. Like, okay, they're always hyper. Well, that's great. I need a hyper dance teacher. I need a hyper writer. I need someone who's a stickler for detail because I need them to be an editor. Do you see where I'm going with this? All of these ADHD strengths have a place in the world of work and not necessarily the creative one. There are so many Sciencey STEM ADHDers who have innovative ideas and who are able to see the world of science, the world of medicine, philosophy, and everything from a different and colourful angle. And Del Wat did a great, great panel on this where they talked about how ADHDers have the ability to be the best problem solvers in the place of work and are able to present alternate views that are actually beneficial to team projects, missions, Um, statements and concepts. That's really invaluable and it begs the question as to why employers don't hire more ADHDers. It's like they're almost digging themselves into a grave. Like let's say you have COVID which has really impacted your place of work. You can't really be picky about who you hire. So why not hire a really keen, creative, bubbly ADHDer who you know is going to do the job well and they will make mistakes like your other coworkers. and the most important thing that you need to do for them is just tell them and help them through it and that brings me to another thing that I want to touch on is that me saying this and being so passionate about being ADHD and working I have no idea where I want to be in my career I know, though, that I want to be in a domain that lets my ADHD flourish and that trains my ADHD and makes it more manageable and a lot better. All of the jobs I've had have not necessarily let me hone in on my creativity, maybe except for this internship, but they've all allowed me to get better on my ADHD skills and improve on my ADHD weaknesses. They've made me improve with my memory, my confidence, my fine motor skills, my mathematics, sort of logic and solving problem solving fixing dealing with stress and that's the sort of job I want to have I don't know do I want to work for the UN or do I just want to be an author and worry about unemployment huh do I want to be the next mayor of my you know uh, council or do I want to be a singer I haven't a clue but what I do know is that in whatever job I am I will be a fantastic ADHD And I want to campaign for more ADHDs to be accepted in the world of work. So there's no big message in this episode. I mean, there is, but I don't want it to be American and it to be a lesson. But I hope that after listening to this, you feel a little less crappy about maybe, you know, your job. Don't feel like, oh, I'm the dead weight, I'm crap. And I also hope that it's encouraged those of you to go and get that job. If you've been on Seek and you've been looking at those jobs going, God, I'd be good at that, but everyone makes me feel like I'm lazy. What are you doing? Go and apply, you idiot. Without like sounding American and like this is a TED talk, but for God's sake, you literally have nothing to lose. All you have to lose is you do the interview and you don't get it. Or you do the job and you realize it's not a fit for you and you leave. That's literally the worst that you can do. But just remember... Every job you go into, you could be the first ADHDer. Did you see a pop-up for a, you know, a Zara manager? You might be the first ever ADHD Zara manager. Did you see a job pop-up for a UN secretary or a UN, I don't know, note-taker? You could be the first ADHD person to have worked in that area of the UN. So just keep that in mind, look after yourself and go easy on yourself. And over this holiday period, I wish you infinite success with your jobs. I hope you get amazing holiday hours, holiday pay, and that you have a great time with your friends and family. Stay safe, get bloody vaccinated, and to the employers who are listening, be nice to everyone who applies for the job because you don't know who they are and they could be your next ADHD weapon and asset. Not a guinea pig, an asset to your company, to your mission. So think about it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Lucy Pod. Do not forget to like, comment, and follow me on all of my social media and streaming platforms. That is The Lucy Pod. Yep, that's right. You can follow me on The Lucy Pod. I love you all so much. And again, thank you for listening. Bye.